Hello and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, is the Indigo Angel, Jennifer Sosha. Hello. And the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back with you, back for another episode of Roach Coach, creating this new metal canon, one album at a time. This week, we are, we're all back together and we're feeling feisty this morning which means it's a perfect time to talk about the boys, My Ticket Home, and their album, Unreal. Jenny, when did this album come out? This album was released on October 6th, 2017. Whoa. Whoa. That's very recent. That's like, I heard your parents had a party once. Indeed. Very recent album. Um... Jenny, we'll start with you. Any history with Unreal? No, none whatsoever. Lauren, how about you? So when this album came out, it was right after I moved from Michigan to Indiana. And I remember being very excited for this record. It was four years coming since their Strangers Only album, which we have covered on a previous episode. And uh, anticipation was high for me for this record. Matt. Yes. My Ticket Home. Obviously, loved Strangers Only. Um, still listen to Strangers Only, but, uh, you know, I've never listened to any of the other albums. You know what? Sometimes you like what you like. Yeah. And you, you just stick with what you know. And certainly there's nothing wrong with that. So this record, basically, the follow-up to Strangers Only. Strangers Only our episode on that, one of my faves. It's a, I mean, Jenny, I believe you deemed it a perfect record. It was a great record. I loved it. And yeah, like you said, Matt, yeah, I continue to listen to Strangers Only to this day. Um, incredible record. So they had quite a, uh, quite a summit to go over for a follow up. For your break, lets me know they weren't taking it lightly. They'd be thinking about it. Jenny, who's in? My Ticket Home on this album. On this album, we've got Nick Giamenti on lead vocals and bass, Derek Blevins on guitars and vocals, Matt Gallucci on guitars, and Marshall Giamenti on drums. Okay. Same lineup as Strangers Only. However, going back once again to Strangers Only, we're going to be talking about a little bit on this episode. That record was co-produced... And was our introduction to the Man of Fire, <laughs> Will Putney. Mm-hmm. It's the record that put him on the map for us. For him, I think it was just another day. Just another day in the in the trenches, baby. Cranking out them riffs. But uh, put it put him on the map for us. So you're coming off working with the Man of Fire. You roll in. You decide... We gotta do, we gotta change things up. We gotta stay fresh. We're working with a new guy, Jenny. Who's our producer on this record? Our producer is Fred Archambault. If I'm saying that correctly, I believe you are. Fred Archambault. Matt, is this name ring a bell for you? No, no. This is a. I may know his work, but I don't know the man. So I looked up Fred, and if you know Fred, it's because you know Avenged Sevenfold. Mm. Oh, he's their guy. When you go through his his uh, his resume, 
Avenge Sevenfold comes back again and again and again. If you do a, a standard Goog, as you call it, Jenny, it'll take you right to the soundbetter.com page. Just a standard for Goog. Just Click a standard Goog. Goog. And uh, if you head over there, it'll, it'll take you there and it'll immediately set you up to, to pitch Fred on producing your record. Like, I was just, like, looking for stuff, and it was like, you want Fred to produce your record? I'm like, whoa, slow down, soundbetter.com. I'm just looking for some research. I'm not looking to have Fred produce me, but good to know the option is there. Fred, always hustling, always working. Ready to produce. Ready to produce. Ready to work. Um, If you go over onto the old Discogs and just do a breakdown of some other stuff that he's worked on. He's also worked with De- uh, Death by Stereo. He's also worked with the band Antagonist. Mm. Um, Atreyu. Oh, all right. Converge. Well, these are bands I've heard of. <laughs> you know, on all on all levels. You know, he's producing, he's engineering. Um, I don't know what this means on Discogs, but it just says technical. Just he was doing something technical when he worked on Alice Cooper's The Eyes of Alice Cooper. Perhaps it was a simple situation of, what does this plug go to? I don't know. Get Fred in here. He's the we technical guy. He, he's the technical guy. So we got somebody who just knows. It sounds to me like it's somebody who knows not just what to press on the booth, but how the booth works. He's a chord guy. Chords and plugs. Go to your man, Fred. <laughs> chords. Plugs producing. Holy you know, trinity of rock and roll right there. That's right. Exactly. Listen, you can be up there. You could be the coolest dude ever. All right? You could be doing your full-on stance, holding your guitar like a goddamn rock god. But if that shit ain't plugged in right, you're a chump. Mm. You're a chump. I'm Very true. Very true. Very true. You get that that little the sound of something being halfway plugged in. You don't want that. You don't want that. It's going to kill you. Jenny, we've got four genre tags on this album. Yes, we do. We've got alternative metal, grunge, new metal, and alternative rock. Wow. Yeah. Now, as you may recall, My Ticket Home doesn't actually prescribe to any of those genres. Those are placed on them. They say that they are straight up puke rock. Sticking with it. It says that's what they are. Um, I couldn't find it. It seems to have been wiped from the internet. But they did go on to Carson Daly's late night show back when it still existed when they were promoting this album. Did an interview where they were asked, what is puke rock? And they all sort of like played with water bottles and were just like, it's just what we are. We're puke rock. I don't even know how to quantify it. Um, that's from memory. They may have been more more eloquent than that, but as I recall, when I did watch it, um, yeah, it was uh, it was weirdly miked, and they were all yeah, they all it was like they all gave them water bottles, like here, you know, play with these, fiddle talk with to these us. while we interview you. <laughs> yes. So um, I have a physical copy of the album here. How did I get it? Christmas gift. What? Oh. Yes. Christmas gift, Christmas 2019, actually. Um, did not have a physical copy for a while there. Jenny, how would you describe this front cover? I would describe it as a neon lady face mm-hmm. with lots of swishies. I think that's accurate. Definitely a mysterious woman. 
shrouded in neon, which is really something when you think about it, to be shrouded in light. Inside uh, black and white photos of the band perform- uh, recording the album, I should say, hard at work uh, with that, and some pretty standard thanks, everybody. Thank yous. Nothing, nothing truly remarkable. I'd say the one is that my ticket. They they have a individual thank yous for the band, and then the, as a band as a whole, they say as a and finally as a band, we would like to thank you, the listener. Without an ear, there is no sound. Whoa! Please enjoy. So we're um. I mean, I feel if anything that brings us in, makes us part of the whole thing. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty uh it's pretty stark, pretty minimal. It's on Spine Farm, Jenny. Any history of Spine Farm? Yeah, a little bit. I guess I much. I didn't necessarily realize I was having uh you know a relationship with Spine Farm, but I did go and look up some of the bands that are on there, and there are lots and lots of bands that I like. I mean. Looks like we got some Electric Wizard on there, Satyricon, Sentenced is on there. So it seems like it's a lot of like true, true metal situations. Sonata Arctica, I haven't ever heard them. It's a journey. I think, Lauren, you would find that to be Christmas music. Oh, okay. Um, well, tis the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tis the season. So maybe you like it. But yeah, uh, I do have a little bit of a history with Spine Farm. How about you guys? None. Yeah, not really too much. I think maybe the most recent Death from Above record might have had like some distribution from Spine Farm, uh, but that's about it. Not too much uh, with with the old Spine Boys, um, as I'm sure they're called around the office. Yeah, the Spineys. The Spineys. The they go out spine every boys. morning at dawn and harvest spines from the spine fields. I'm- Thankless work. Oh, Thank here it comes. Here it comes. It's backbreaking it's work, guys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yuck. Oh, boy, Matt. Wow. I am a dad. <laughs> you, you you, felt like you're like, I've got to do this. I didn't I want called. to at all. <laughs> but I had to. He had to. Um, so this album, uh, critically, um, I guess mid to positive jenny is that how you'd say it yeah it seems like people weren't super into it but they also didn't necessarily feel as though they wanted to trash it although lauren you did send over a few reviews and uh a review from the soundboard starts with the line though they're nowhere close to the top of the pecking order my ticket home are hard workers and i was like do you have to fire with a warrant? Start with like a warning shot? Like what? <laughs> Why start that way? I just felt mean. But yeah, yeah it seemed like people said uh, it's all right, you know? Yeah, it seems like the, the thought process was sure. All right. That's not bad. I mean, there's a, there's a tremendous amount of comparison in a lot of these reviews, um, honestly, because of how the record sounds. I think maybe we can dig into that as we go through. Um there are, we should mention, there were, according to Wikipedia, four singles from this album. Um, I don't believe all of them got videos, but a few of them did. So we'll talk about that. And then we'll talk about, you know, where the band is now. So, where are these guys? Well, after this record, they toured for a bit. And I believe that they played Rock on the Range, I believe, which was in Ohio, which is mm-hmm. where they're from. And I don't think they've done any shows since then. 
uh, I started following a couple band members on social media, and lead singer Nick basically made a big to-do about basically moving out of Ohio to Nashville. And, but then he would did, I want to say either an Instagram live or he just did like a story and he was like, yeah, you know, I've got this other band called Head Cave, but also like, don't worry, there's another My Ticket Home album like done. It's like done, it's coming. And I want to say that was like 2018, 2019. And as we record this today, there's no evidence of that. Um, And there's been a number of Head Cave EPs that have come out and some singles, um, but no new My Ticket Home beyond, I want to say they did one Lucy single and they did a cover of Nine Inch Nails, We're In This Together Now. Uh, But otherwise, it's been pretty inactive for the boys. And I think a large chunk of uh, Nick's Instagram has just been him doing uh, rock climbing. Mm, There it is. Yeah. And um, also, he got very fit during this time period. So, um, no shirt for this man a lot of the time. Really. Yeah. Good for him. You know, if you don't need it, if you can still get service, why wear a shirt and shoes is what I say. Right. If you got it. Me personally, I tend to wear a shirt and shoes, but, you know. If you got the pipes, let my eyes be the plumber. <laughs> what yeah. is my brain doing this morning? Matt, Matt, that's exactly what I was trying to say. That's exactly. If you've it, got Matt. the pipes, let my eyes be the plumber. <laughs> I always say <laughs> that's your saying. That'll that's turn a saying. phrase. That'll chestnut. That'll, that'll be it. So they did a couple interviews. They did an interview with Loudwire, which really just felt more like a like an EPK sort of fluff piece. And then they did a Revolver interview in which they kind of talked a little bit about expanding their sound. And what it really seems to be is that these guys are restless. They made their first record, it was straight metal core. They were touring it like crazy. And they said, like, we're out here and we're just hearing everybody do the same thing. It sounds like we're all doing the same songs. We're sick of it. So they go, they make Strangers Only. They lose some fans, they gain some fans. Then they tour that like crazy. And then they're like, okay, we're sick of that. Now we're going to do something different again. It seems like they're just very restless. They want to just keep pushing and keep pushing. So let's just dive in. Let's just take take a listen. Let's see what we got. All right. First track on this record is called Thrush. Yeah. 
Jenny, thoughts on Thrush? Definitely a bit of a different vibe than I was expecting, but I liked it. Definitely gave me those fuzzy alternative vibes, I will say. What did you think? You know, it was a record that when it came out, it really, I I was not prepared for it. And it's made of all the ingredients of things that I love. And I wrote in my notes, I mean, we got Deftones vibes, we got Filter vibes, but just a very heavy alt sound more than anything else. And it feels, but it feels purposely restrained, and I don't know why. Like, we know how hard these guys can go. Mm Mm-hmm. And it seems like they're pushing against what feels easy, what feels natural, because they feel like they have to evolve. And, you know, they could they could write me and say, dude, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But it's like we know how hard they can go. And this feels like a pullback. And it is a pullback. And it's just... Uh, it's just strange to me a little bit because I know they can go harder. It's not bad. It's a solid open. Feels like a, a situation of like a, like a throwing the gauntlet down. Like we're we're going in a direction. You with us or against us? Because we're going to do it. What'd you think, Matt? You know, I was interested in what they would do next, and this is my first time hearing the record. And I, they never could make another Strangers Only. Like they couldn't do it. But I mean, they could. But I I would think that this band wouldn't want to make another record like that. This seems like a bigger swing. Not necessarily trying to broaden their audience, but definitely letting a bigger audience in. Um, You definitely have like that mid-tempo-y verse. Like that's a little, it's a little sludgy. It's a little, you know... A little dark and twisted. Uh, but then you got like you got a big anthemic chorus on it. So it just seems to me in track number one, leading off an album I haven't heard yet, it sounds like they're trying to widen their audience. But you don't you don't feel it's a crass move. I don't it feels like a little bit of a different band, even though I know it's the same personnel. Jenny? Yeah, I mean I agree. I think that this happens kind of a lot, especially with like, well, I don't know, maybe not especially, but I feel like they just wanted to do something different. And they had all of these other influences and types of music that they were interested in. And, you know, they're like fully immersed in this metalcore shit. And, you know, with strangers only, they were just like trying to do their own thing. And I think this is just like a, a natural evolution of that. And that Revolver interview, um, I forget who exactly it was, but they mentioned that like they had just recently discovered like the Catherine wheel, you know, and like when I read that, this kind of clicked more for me. I was like, oh, yeah, this sounds like you're getting into all of that, like early 90s fuzzed out alt shit. And you're like, this is sweet. I want to make a record like this. And you know, you take all the other influences that that you you have, and I feel like this is an approximation of that. It makes a lot of sense to me. Hey, I think yeah. Chrome is a masterpiece. So. That Catherine Wheel, man, you hear that at the right time? It's going to change your goddamn life. Uh, I mean, I don't know how old they were when they made this record, but 
I think when I heard Catherine Wheel, I was probably, it was much after, it was like 20 years after it came out. I think I was probably like 18 or so. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is the best thing. So <laughs> I think, I don't know which interview it is. And because uh, we, you know, I read this article like two and a half weeks ago, but I believe it, they said at one point they did record or at least demo a bunch of stuff um, about two years after Strangers Only that was closer to Strangers Only. And then they didn't like any of it and they scrapped it and then spent another two years. And they said that if they had put that record out or made that record to completion and then made Unreal, it wouldn't have seemed like such a jump because you it would have been a more natural transition. But they just didn't like those songs as much. Mm. So Fair enough. Yeah. Oh, I found the quote here. Um Matt just showed me this band called Catherine Wheel that I never heard of. They're so fucking sick, dude. They are so fucking yeah, sick, dude. They are so fucking sick, dude. All right. Go. Well, you know what else is sick, dude? What's sick? The next song called Flee the Flesh. I could listen to that whole song. I fucking dug that. Matt, they got some big hooks on this record. That saying all that Catherine Wheel stuff before that song, it was like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I mean, I got huge I got huge 1995-96-89X vibes mm-hmm. from a lot of these songs. Like this would yeah. slot in right perfect. You put here, I'm going to give you a lineup here. Silver Chair Abuse Me into this song, into Failure. There you go. I might have just made you a 90s mixtape right there. Mm-hmm. I'm, I might be trying to. I might, <laughs> into I might 24 get... Gone, Girl of Color. <laughs> <laughs> well, just listen, I'm just trying to just trying to get some feelings out here. You know, I mean, the thing that is very notable also about strangers only is that that record is kind of bratty and immature in a good way it's like it's a true like we don't give a fuck record and here they give a fuck they give a fuck it's a little more thoughtful jenny how'd you feel about flea the flesh 
I liked it a lot. I did get a little bit more of like a, I don't know, a less tortured and fully man failure from this record a little bit. It's sort of like, uh, I don't know, like failure's younger brother or something like that. I don't know if that makes sense, but, but I'm here for it. Did I get any new whatsoever from this? Not a lick. Not a lick. But I did like it. Yeah, I didn't get any new from this at all. Uh, the only the only thing I could find is that I dug into the lyrics a little bit, which I could not find on songmeanings.com, and they weren't um, in the liner notes. They opted to just have artsy pictures of the band cracking the record in the studio. I did find some lyrics on genius.com. And um, I'm going to say it. You've torn me from my cage. Flee the flesh. Are we dealing with a subdom relationship, you guys? <laughs> oh. Oh, my, my, my. IDK, IDK. I will say in one of these interviews, they were very clear that they weren't trying to tell anybody anything. These lyrics are the last fucking thing you need nowadays is somebody telling you what to think. I was like, all right. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. I don't disagree with you necessarily, but I mean, it's okay to say what you meant. There. <laughs> it's it's like, don't ask me what I meant is the way I, don't I know. that. I don't fucking know. I don't know. God. Uh, it's like, <laughs> hey, fair enough. I get it. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. All right. Up next, I believe, is this the uh, is this the first single? No, this was a single. This is a single. I think Thrush maybe was well. It's the first listed single, but we did not have a vid for that. We did, we no vids. No vid for Thrush, but this is the first song that we did get a vid for, and it's called Flypaper. I wrote in my notes that we're rocking on this song, and uh, this one's a little closer to Strangers Only, a little bit more screaming. The verses are very moody in kind of a new metal way. I wrote that there was a sort of chug, so I may have been reaching a little bit, but uh, I love it. They sound good. Jenny? Yeah, I also really liked this song. It did feel a little bit heavier, maybe a little bit closer to 
what I was expecting. Not that, you know, going away from what I was expecting is a bad thing. By all means, follow your path, boys. But yeah, I thought it was pretty good. The vid was very interesting, I will say. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So there are three videos for this record as, as best I could tell. And as best as I could tell, which I mean, that's how many Lauren sent me. <laughs> I didn't look any further than Lauren sent me. That's the best that I could tell as well. Yeah. Um, and it was each of them have like a, a patina or maybe patina isn't the right word, but each of them have a, a general hue. This one had a green hue throughout. And it appears that there's a hottie in the video Ooh. and we do take a trip, I believe into the hotties ear holes. <laughs> that is correct. And inside of the hotties ear holes, um, there's a very like a high powered tunnel and <laughs> inside of the ear holes, it's my ticket home playing, uh, the song. She also has the fly posters on her wall. So we're getting that. Um, and they're just sort of bopping, and we got a blindfolded hottie. She's a very interesting color purple lipstick. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if I could pull that off. Probably not. But, you know, that's where I was with the video. I wasn't really paying attention to the band as much as I was examining the uh, lip color of the hottie. Uh, but it was uh, it was interesting. It looked like they spent quite a bit of money on these videos. Yeah, these felt like, um, and we'll get into some of these other ones, but these felt more like we're taking our shot. We're we're gonna we're gonna be playing to some bigger rooms soon, and we've got to have the high quality gloss to go with it. I mean, this has yeah, it has the special effects of going inside Hottie's brain. That's not cheap, Mm-mm. and um, lots. There's some blood effects. There's some strobe effects. There is, I mean, a lot of chords. The chord budget on this video through the roof so many chords chords on the ground chords tying people up lots of chords and the band is i mean if you look back at those other videos for the strangers only era it's once again like low-key bratty vibes we're wearing what we were wearing this morning to your shoot man we dress ourselves and i feel like they look a little more stylized here jenny would you agree i would agree yeah it was interesting. It it very much did just sort of look like what I would expect to see a band looking like in a 90s music vid. Matt, how'd you feel about Flypaper? I enjoyed it. You know, um, I liked that it was a little bit more aggressive. I liked that chorus. It definitely felt more of like a bridge song from Strangers Only into this album. Uh, if this was a single with video, as it seems it was, that makes a lot of sense. So I, I, I liked it. How do you feel about the concept of flying into the brain of a hottie to understand it better? Dude, come on. This is the stuff of dreams. <laughs> what are these hotties thinking? Because yeah. they're just different people than us. They definitely don't have the same thoughts and feelings and insecurity as all of us. These hotties. Not the how, did, how did you get to be a hottie? Well, for one, confidence in lip color. That's one. Mm, that's true. And two, but also here's the thing. Once you get into that brain, they're rocking just like the rest of us listening to My Ticket Home. That's we'll all I that. care about. Can these hotties rock? <laughs> this one, 
certainly can. Also, for some reason, briefly bleeding out of her eyes. You know what? You know what hotties and naughties have in common? What's that? They all like to rock. (laughs) That's true. That's very true. It's very true. All right, we're trucking along. Let's let's check out this next one. All right, up next we've got time kills everything. from this band once again it does feel like perhaps Catherine wheel is the rosetta stone for this album i think <laughs> so know? once you say it it's all you hear it's all you hear um and uh also also an overarching thing of like i know you said jenny he said he's not going to tell us what to think about these songs but i'm uh i'm getting a little bits of lies betrayal mm. You hate it when it happens. You hate the betrayal. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Hate betrayal. I've not met many people who are like, you know what I like <laughs> to be betrayed? <laughs> Pulling the old rug out up from under me. I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, this one, uh, I wrote my notes very alt. Matt, what'd you think of this one? Same deal. I've, I feel it's very alt. I like that. I like what they're doing here. Kind of, it. Not kind of it. It feels like a slowed down version of "Way Down" by the uh, by the Catherine Wheel, and I'm here for it. The words "cult favorite" came into my mind while listening to it because it definitely doesn't have that mainstream mass appeal, but core. It would definitely have a core fan base that this is a ride or die album. Like the people who love it, I think would love it till the ends of the earth. Jenny. I mean, I don't have a whole ton to add other than to say I I must be part of the cult because I mean, this was basically I don't know. I feel like each My Ticket Home album is made for a different part of music that appeals to me. Maybe, you know, they're Ohio. They're Ohio dudes. Not so different. Not so different. From us, from us so Michigan different. dudes. Here, <laughs> so maybe that's part of it. I don't know, but into the into the same vibes of music. So I'm into this. Um, again, 
gotta say for our purposes not picking up any new this also had a video and this is the sepia video this is also the video where i said did somebody tell nick that he's a hot boy because i would think he i think he knows it yeah I mean, he's definitely got like a little bit of like uh lead singer vibe going on here. It feels a little different than before, but I don't know. I mean, who knows? Who knows what he had decided for himself or what he had been told before going into these. But it, it seems pretty clear that uh, they were like, you're the guy. All right. Even, uh, I forget which interview it was, but one of them was talking about the drummer. And they were like, Nick's brother handles the drums on this record. I'm like, he's a drummer. What do you mean he handles the drums? Is he like, he's the drummer of the band. So it just sort of made me laugh a little bit. I was like, that's such a weirdly dismissive way to put that. Yeah. Um, this video, I distinctly remember them, you know, chronicling the making of it. They shot this one in Columbus, Ohio on a little bit of a smaller budget. It sounds like they used everybody local for it. The vibe of the video, I'd say all the videos, we haven't even talked about the, the, the other single video, but this one had huge nineties vibes to it with not just shots of them driving around in classic cars. It's got that bit where they're all like driving around and like picking each other up and they've all got these cool mirrored glasses and then like the world is existing around them. You know, like these masses. They don't know what's going on. They don't know what's going on going around mm. their day to day. And then you got this title like Time Kills Everything. Like, don't be careful, bro. Not paying attention time it's gonna pass you by then you're gonna be in a box in the ground i was i was into this one i'm into the vibe so far in the record i'm following the vibe i did find this quote from fred producer fred in which they were talking about coming off of strangers only and that when well i should say it starts with nick saying that they didn't know what they wanted when they did strangers only and Strangers Only is that is them just sort of trying to figure it out and and the the record results and for good or for bad. So it sounds to me like they were not in love with Strangers Only, which is one of those classic things. Sometimes you just, you know, you're too close to it, you know. You're gonna hear things that we, the listeners at home, are gonna hear. But then they went to Fred, and this is what Fred said. I listened to Strangers Only and to be honest, I wasn't too stoked. Wow. Wow, Fred. Wow. Wasn't too stoked. Wasn't too stoked. That sounds like a personal problem to me, Fred. <laughs> I definitely think so. Your stoke level? Not my problem. Mm-mm. All right. Well, I think we're time. It's. I think we're time. I think it is time. <laughs> to dive into this next one i think we are time two up next we've got hyper real
So this to me, considering it was the first video that uh, first single that got a video, this sounds like it was made for the radio. This is made to be slotted right in. It gets right to it. It's got a hooky guitar. It's got snake arm verses. And what I wrote in my notes is a shoulder dance rocker. It's not a mosher, but you can shoulder dance to this thing. A little bit of a sway. A little bit of a sway. And for that, I'd say, you know what? Get paid. But it does feel like, I almost wonder if it's a little too calculated. That's my thought. At the same time, though, it's a weird calculation. It's like we want to appeal to a bigger audience. We want to reach more people. But also at the same time, we're going to cover it in, to steal your word, Jenny, a sort of dated patina. Because they basically just keep going further back. We were evoking the new metal of the late 90s, early 2000s. Now we're going back. We're going to evoke the alt of 1995. Is that even re- you know relevant to people in 2017? relevant to us because we lived it but maybe maybe not what'd you think i liked this song this was the red video in my opinion um (laughs) patina talk yes patina talk this one is red um that is the the critical take you come here for that video is red yeah i i guess by the time we get here i am sort of wondering I'm all for bands evolving and changing, but I don't know if I'm actually clear or getting like who my ticket home is as a band on this necessarily. I like it. I think it's good. I listened to it more times than I had to, uh, and I think I'll return to it, but I am like wondering if this continue it seems like they're continually searching for like who they are and what they're doing and what they want and i think that's fine but i wonder like how will we know when we get there which makes me think that we didn't quite we're not quite there yet i don't know i'm curious about what you guys think matt what do i think that's interesting i i think jenny's right well it is that thing of like if the band's goal is to change its style then the band itself is an experiment. But if the band's goal is to, to, to find a defining voice, then the changes of style seem to come up against that. You know, so it, it, you'd listen to Strangers Only in this back to back, and it's like that, that feels like two different bands. So yeah, I, I, I am a little like, Jenny's right. Let's just say Jenny's right. <laughs> let's just say it. Let's just say it. Let's stop beating around the bush and just say it. Jenny's right. Hey, um, I, I would go back to uh, that quote you mentioned earlier, Jenny, about how they said, don't ask him what these songs are about. These lyrics, more than anything, feel like catch-all, whatever you need them to be lyrics, which is a choice because I would definitely say that there was definite meaning behind a lot of lyrics and Strangers Only about sort of pushing away from one scene, defining where you are. Yeah, with this one, I mean, it feels more, I, I, I hate to use this word, but we're sort of doing um, a little bit of a, maybe like a dress up or a pose. Uh, say like, how does this look? How does this feel? I've never <laughs> accused these guys of being posers, but I'm just saying like, we're, we're trying to just sort of figure out how does this look? 
How how is this vibing? Are you enjoying this vibe? Um, and in a way, it is weird how these songs are like this is a band clearly you know doing whatever they want, um, and there is this sense though that there's like almost like it's, it's too economical. It's too like I feel like they could they could do more, but they don't want to. Um, I, I don't know if I'm quite expi- uh, saying what I mean, but it like there there seems like maybe this is a band getting there in their own way in an attempt to not become stale. Mm-hmm. Jenny, talk us through this video. I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly. So there's the singer and there's a hottie and there are lots of people walking around blurry and fast trying to think of like there's a very specific video it reminds me of that isn't this one and i cannot think of what it is but i will tell you matt you will know you will this will resonate with you i suspect when the ren sen in detroit was undergoing renovations there were these huge pictures everywhere of people moving and they're all kind of blurry yes they're like ghosts Yes, that's what the video, that's the vibe of the video, is the photos of those people. <laughs> it's like they're being um, projected onto the background. Yes, that, and I guess... Oh, I, are you thinking of a Madonna Rail Light? Maybe. Because that's got a lot of blurry people moving very quickly and sped up and sped up, like, time capture. I'm wondering if that might be. I, don't, I mean, I got a huge 90s vibe from the whole thing, for sure. Yeah, or maybe like, oh man, was it a Dishwalla video? I think it was Counting oh, Blue Cars <laughs> that it that reminded might, me of. Might be that. I mean, I uh, this was also when I noticed, though, that the, that the styling of the band, you know, the band is looking very cool. You know, they're performing for a hype, hyped crowd. You know, Nick is styled in this way where he's a hot guy chasing after a hot girl. Is he going to catch her? I don't know. Hey. Tale as old as time. Hotties chasing hotties. Hotties chasing hotties. Hotties chasing naughties. Naughties chasing naughties. It's a chase. Mm. It's the, it's a constant chase. The chase, the chase. All right. Up next, we've got Redline. I'm killing time. This was the song where I started to notice that these songs are in a bit of a hurry. We are getting to vocals within five seconds of the song starting. Five, ten seconds on these on these songs. Like it's like we, we don't have time to let the songs really breathe. We gotta get into it. We gotta get into it. 
and I'm wondering if maybe we'd that's honestly something that's very un-90s about this album is that yeah they don't they don't drag this out because lord knows some of those 90s alt-rock records man love an intro love an outro love to give you a five minute track it's got to get trimmed down to a three minute two and a half minute radio edit Mm. these guys are like no we're getting right into it right into these lyrics which once again mean nothing (laughs) and don't ask don't ask me what these fucking lyrics mean. I don't got the time. You got the time, bro. Figure it out. No Figure it time. out. Figure it out on your own. Jenny, what'd you think of Red Line? Uh, I thought it was all right. It was sort of like a fun, lurky riff or something. I don't know. It just reminded me of like stalking or something. But yeah, I thought it was all right. Again, like this in terms of listens for me hit the best when it was in conjunction with chores and that sounds like a roast but it's not if this is just very much to me like when this is kind of on in the background when you have things to do it's not like I'm working out music it's not necessarily a headphones listen to me I mean, the sweet spot is like the half paying attention in the background things to do. So I think that makes it tough when we're listening to it here, because what makes albums like that so great is that they just sort of blend seamlessly in with the background. So Mm. picking it apart song by song, I think sometimes is kind of hard for me because where it shines to me is when it's just doing its own thing. Hmm. Matt. Jenny's right. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Let's start off the bat. Jenny's right. No, I don't have too much. Like, it, it is a lurker of a song, a real chuggy, uh, stalker riff, mildly aggressive, but more seething anchor than outright anger. anger? Saint Stanger. Um, <laughs> Stanger. <laughs> um, both of you have brought up that this is stalking music. So clearly you both have some past as stalkers. Um, so <laughs> Hey, we this, all have uh, an, uh, that first X that you don't know how to react to. <laughs> so you just follow them around for a couple weeks? <laughs> you don't stalk them, but maybe you drive by where they used to work or where they work and you see their car there and you feel terrible inside because... They're there and they're not going to see you later. Maybe that's a thing that happened to me. Maybe you weren't even intentionally stalking, but you saw that their car was at their work and you kind of died inside a little bit. Maybe that was a real thing that happened to a real person. It's possible. (laughs) Definitely not me, though. I am A-OK. Jenny, do you have any hypothetical stalking stories? You know, I'm trying to think of if I have any hypothetical stalking stories at all, and I actually don't think I do. No. I don't know. Maybe I'm forgetting. Maybe I'm forgetting. Hypothetically speaking, of course. Right. <laughs> Maybe I'm of hypothetically course. forgetting. Right. But I, now, this is like IRL. Now, if we're talking internet, internet stalking. <laughs> I would count that. Oh, well then, hypothetically, I've got a fucking ton. (laughs) (laughs) Hypothetically speaking, don't fucking worry about it. It's on lock. (laughs) Yeah. Don't worry about it. Hypothetically speaking, more than I care to hypothetically admit. (laughs) 
How about you, Warren? Um, You know what? I don't think I've really been spending uh, too much time lurking. I'll be quite honest. Um, I'm too. I'm too tall. I'm too tall to lurk. It's just. Just the fact. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I never hypothetically like followed somebody somewhere, mm-hmm. or went anywhere in particularly to see that person. But I did find myself close to where a person used to work, and I drove. I drove by, and their car was there, and then I was like, <laughs> "I'm far from over this." Uh, I mean, I have had instances, and this is honestly the opposite, where I'm trying to avoid someone and perhaps people that know that person. And I think, you know what? If I go this way instead of that way, then I won't see this person. I won't have to deal with that. It'll be, you know, no harm, no foul. We, our past shall never meet. And then have that go wrong. Um, I uh, Quick one, and we'll go into the next one. I had broken up with someone. They'd broken up with me. And uh, they were still going to my old college. I went up for, see, you know, um, alumni weekend, see some buddies who were still there, hang out. And I thought, there is no way I'm going to run into this person. Like, I was like, what are we going to do, guys? We're going to go here. We're going to go here. I'm going li- to stay here. There's no way I'm going to run into this person or anyone who knows them. It's just there's no way. Once again, this is Lauren. His dad said nerds on patrol as an ultimate zing. Exactly. I roll up into the parking lot of where I'm going to be staying for an alumni weekend. I pull the car into the parking spot. The headlights stop on the best friend of the girl I'm trying to avoid. And she turns and she looks and she makes direct eye contact with me. The most disgusted look on her face. Ugh. See me. Ugh. And then walks away. And I said, well, there that one. Done. Single flare went up. Lauren's in town. That motherfucker. Hate, like, hate that guy. <laughs> hate that guy. So, best laid plans, you know. All for naught. I think we're ready for the next one. All right. Up next, we've got Joy. God So this song was always weird to me because it it goes right out of Redline into it. And so if you're not looking at the track listing, if you're not looking at where you are in the album, I always felt that this was part of Redline. It always just felt like Redline Part 2 to me. Um, 
and I don't know if that's a plus or a minus, but it just kind of merges into one song. Um, and I wrote my notes. It's almost a ballad, sort of a let me see those lighter song a little bit. Um, the one interesting lyric, love becomes a curse. You hate when that happens. Mm. Uh, Jenny, what'd you think of this one? I mean, I this one was just sort of low-key, moody, somewhat sad. I liked it. Hate to see love become a curse. Hate oh. it. Real monkey paw, you know? <laughs> truly matt what'd you think yeah same deal like um that catherine wheel keeps showing up keeps showing up strong um and i'm pretty much here for it i don't have any i like that style i like i like those guitar tones i like what they're going for here i like the song all right Okay. There we go. All That's right. three for three. Uh, okay. Up next, we've got Gasoline Kiss. I like this one, but I think I like it because it reminds me of so many other things. It reminds me of a filter song. It reminds me of just like a solid rocker that you'd hear. Yeah. It, honestly, this sounds like something that would slot in real good in like a like an action movie fight scene or something mm. like that. You know, I could see that working. Also, Gasoline Kiss. These guys trying to get in the Fast and Furious soundtrack with something like that. I wrote my notes. Is this their version of a love song? Possibly. I don't know. Once again, choose your own lyrics. Choose your own adventure. I like this one, but I guess this thing, I just, I just sort of like it. Sort of like it. I don't have any greater things. And, and it's the, the sound of the guitars is getting a little samey. And I don't know if that's a, a pedal situation, if that's a, a plug-in situation. I'm no producer. No. You know. That's true. I'm not, I'm not I'm not like Fred. I don't know how everything plugs in, you know? I got a very simple mixer here, and if anything gets unplugged on it, I'm I'm a, I'm a mess. So don't call me in to produce your records. Uh Jenny, what do you think of this one? I I like I mean, I thought the the riff on this one was a little bit more driving. We definitely picked up the pace a bit here. Um, but I agree with you that it's getting to be a little bit samey here. And I I felt like I was in the back half of the album when we got here, sad to say. But yeah. Matt? Yep. I, I don't have too much new to add there. Um, I do like the style. So 
it is okay to hear it repeated, but yes, we are we aren't breaking new territory, I guess. We're breaking new ground. Mm. 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 Not breaking new ground. So I do want to say, just real quick, and this has absolutely nothing to do with my ticket home, but the name of this album, speaking of no new ground, Unreal, there was a television show on Lifetime called Unreal, and it was a scripted drama about a show, making a show, being a producer of a show that is like The Bachelor, The Bachelorette franchise. Watched the hell out of that show. I liked it a lot. So when I saw this, I was like, oh, yeah, Unreal. And I wonder, did these boys know about Unreal? Maybe, maybe not. When was Unreal on? I mean, it had to have been 2015-ish, I want to say. You never know, Jenny. They might have been just big fans of Unreal. They're just watching it in the studio. They're like, we're not going to say that this is what it is because it would be embarrassing, but we're all big Unreal stands, and so there we go. I don't know, just something to think about. And check out if you're into, like, The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, Unreal, pretty good show. Not being paid to say that. <laughs> you're not being paid. <laughs> I mean, I'm is not. Is it even on anymore? <laughs> What's that? Is it even on anymore? No. But oh, you never know. Someone might be like, I just think I want to pay people to talk about a show that's been, that did very tepidly well at best and has been off the air for half a decade. You never know. You never know. All that is to say that up next is Cellophane. having a hard time knowing when to kind of fade it down because they they rush to the verses so quick and then rush to a chorus and then the chorus is over in like two seconds and it's like is there going to be more is there is that it we're going back to the verse okay yeah something that i noticed in a couple of the reviews is they pointed out that like the first half of the record you're sort of like okay they're doing this alt vibe i get it i understand it but by halfway through force to the record you kind of have seen all the tricks and now it it feels sort of like well, what are we doing here are we just are we just making songs to just make sure we got a 13 track album and i mean this is once again this is fine i would say there's nothing terrible on this record Mm-mm. but at this point it just feels 
it just feels like yeah we have a song called cellophane it's got some cool guitar effects but it's not really about anything don't ask us what it's about <laughs> keep your fucking mouth shut shut but but also yeah it's it's just sort of it's just sort of there and i think that's the once again i, I hate to keep comparing it to strangers only but it's all i got over here and that record that record's kicking you in the chest track one to track ten yep. you know and then at, when it's over it like wipes its, its heels on you and walks away this record is like i don't know familiar pushes <laughs> you know at best um but also like you said it can it can fade so easily into the background and then you're asking yourself is this cellophane is this joy is this red line which track is this and they all just start to meld into the background a little bit jenny i completely agree yeah i don't have anything to add you guys are right wow matt we're right for once <laughs> how about that i'll I feel take like it you're I'll mostly take it. right just just know that imp- I have, Im- unless I strongly state otherwise, just please rest. It's with an the implied. Implication. It's an implied. You're right. If oh. I thought you were wrong, I'd tell you. Maybe this is a good note for me to give you guys a little positive reinforcement here or there. You know? Thank you. <laughs> Lauren's face just told me everything. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Up next, we've got Down Life. Once again, not bad, but we're not really switching it up. This guitar tone sounds extremely familiar at this point. I mean, the only thing I could take from this is a lyric, which once again, I've been told, I've been instructed, do not investigate any further. Mm -hmm. We're not going to tell you a thing. But the lyric, I'm chasing a life that don't exist. Okay. Please expand on that. Let's expand on that. Can I apply that to this album? Or we just take it words and put them in places and then you and invest it with your own feelings. But I don't know. I feel like that's a, that's a mistake because I, you know, people want to know that the lyrics to the songs mean something and they come from a place. I think that maybe it's a disservice to say these lyrics, they don't mean anything. Who cares? Jenny? I don't necessarily think it means that the lyrics don't mean anything. Who cares? I think it's just, I think the specific thing that he said was, I like to ask a question and let you answer it. Mm. So Mm. there you go. Chasing a life. What is it? Chasing a life that doesn't exist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I get that. Falling in love with an idea. (sighs) Yeah, that's it. You're like this, this is, this is it. This is the thing. And it's like, well, can you make it happen? Do you have the resources and the time? And it's like, why'd you have to reality check me, motherfucker? 
Mm-hmm. That's tough. What's next? Up next, we've got We All Use. I mean, you should make that the opening to an anime credit sequence. Matt, if this doesn't make you want to get onto a spaceship with some speed lines and some laser guns and zap your way across the universe, I don't know what does. I I don't know what does. Jenny, you're a big anime head. How'd you feel about this one? It's just like Akira. Sweet Mitchell was actually watching Akira right before I came in here, so I watched about about fifteen twenty minutes of it. Uh, Seems good. (laughs) It's very good. Yeah, it seems. I was like, like, oh yeah, it seems pretty good. I I would say that it's probably the most (laughs) iconic of most most anime. I would like, I yeah. I, I would say of the animes that I subjected myself to, it's easily the most watchable. Um, although I think the last time I watched it was on a VHS on like my parents' tiny tube TV growing up. Um, and I just remember so much yelling, Tetsuo. And Kaneda. So much <laughs> Kaneda, Tetsuo. And then just a lot of things exploding. And then I read online, they were like, well, you know, when they adapted it from the manga, they had to cut some stuff out. I'm like, well, they kept in all the explosions. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, this one, I wrote my notes that this could be a drug song or it could also be about the dangers of fame in the music industry. Lyric, I pulled, all these people I don't know shaking hands and dying slow. Oh, the industry the industry and i was like oh you know what this one this one makes a lot of sense for where these boys have been where they've been trying to do you know we're just trying to stake our own claim and then you just got all these glad-handing motherfuckers i mean honestly shit like that is so unbearable to me the very few situations i've been in that have been akin to something like that i have died inside and become very angry and annoyed so i can't even imagine doing it in a situation where there's any like real level of i don't know currency to be had in that way so gotta gotta put in them lyrics this one i mean i felt it sounded very deftones going through some of the reviews 
They also said that it sounds very Deftones. Uh, going back to this uh, soundboard review, they pointed out that while it does sound like Deftones, it also sounds like Deftones. Like, where is my <laughs> ticket home in all this? <laughs> like, if I've got Deftones, what do I need this for? Mm-hmm. Which is, um, you know. But considering how these guys started this uh, review, not a surprising takedown near the end. Hey, true, true. We ready for the next one? Let's do it. All right, up next, we've got Melancholia. Big put your lighters up vibe. Matt, you are reaching to the sky. Oh. You're reaching out to touch someone on this song. I mean, they're they are writing some anthemic hooks here. Again, yeah. it brings me back that they aren't trying to broaden their audience, trying to widen that audience. What would you say the big difference is? Subject matter, tempo. I would say that it's not vaguely specific enough. Like when you're really trying to hit that that demo, you've gotta uh, you gotta say things like "I'm losing you" or "I've lost you" or "I'm I'm alone in a world without you." Those are all classic broadening your audience lines. Yeah, I would say I think you're right because with this record, I don't feel like they're dumbing down anything. I don't feel like they are pandering. Perhaps to their detriment? I don't know. I mean, I don't. I, I definitely don't know what a pandering My Ticket Home record would sound like. If anything, I, I feel like there might be something with the the journey to the destination that perhaps they were like, yeah, we're going to make a big record that, that, that is going to appeal to the cheap seats. But then they were like, oh, man, I fucking love Far and I love Catherine Wheel. And that's where I'm going to take all of my guitar tones. And then it's like, no one's saying, well, is that going to really hit the cheap seats? That's what the, you know, I mean, hate to break it to you. Far, Catherine Wheel, also niche bands. Right. Like, this is a little, the brood on this is a little too heavy for, for a broadening of your audience. It is a widening of your audience. But the lyrics on this one are the, probably the closest. I don't want to be a loser. All right, perfect. I don't want to be your friend. Ooh, sometimes pain is satisfying. All right. Love the lie until the end. All right. 
Say my name, I get so violent, I'd be happy to pretend, because nothing's real and nothing matters, won't you take me to the end? All right. Get caught in the rain, I'm losing my safety now, a fan to the flame, while it gets me high tonight. Close. Mm. Close. But um, need something about, like, my safety's in you tonight, or with you tonight. Um that's the, that's the that's the bigger thing. And then just slow it down probably 3 to 10 BPM and then really get a lift on that chorus. And uh, that is broadening your audience in my book. Wow. Matt, can, can we book some sessions with you? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Jenny and I don't have any songs, but I mean, it sounds like you could help us out. I need help appealing to women. <laughs> <laughs> well, like every every single time that we hear it, it is like that thing that feels like, you know, the power ballad from the 80s got morphed into an anthemic sad sack song. Oh, yeah. You know, and that and that's really the turn. Whereas this like Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue might be a power ballad, but it isn't the modern day power ballad, you know, like the modern day power ballad is much more in that Tom a real piece of shit. I'm well I think it I'm pretty sure like the, the modern template for the for that is like blurry by puddle of mud. I feel like that's the one that everyone sort of chases. Like you hear a lot of songs on rock radio, and you're like, "I know, I've heard Blurry too. Mm. <laughs> I know it's a very successful song." <laughs> so, um, Jenny, any 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 thoughts on Melancholia? No, I think we've I think we've covered it. I got a quick cue. I did blow yeah. it. I didn't ask earlier, but I did want to know how respectful of our time is this record. Matt, you didn't blow it. Didn't blow it. You, you didn't blow it. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you anyway, even though you asked one song later than you usually do, (laughs) Uh, because I'm so forgiving. Uh, You're a giver. Oh, you you know, hey. (laughs) If you got the pipes, then let my eyes be the plumber. plumber, I always say, uh, and in the spirit of if you got the pipes, let my eyes be the plumber. I will tell you this record is... 39 minutes and 59 seconds. That is very respectful of our time. For 13 tracks? You kidding me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very respectful. Be respectful. All right. Our last track, Visual Snow. Floating around the earth. Cannot decide. Only makes it worse. This time.
so they went with a choice here for a closer. They went with the Moody Boy outro, which when you consider a lot of 90s records, um, although it's funny, the first record I think of is uh, like the first Limp Bizkit record, which has like an 11-minute sort of moody outro. But I mean, that's that seems to be, you can either you could either end on like a harsh stop or you can do it just sort of to float off into the abyss a little bit. Not not a not a bad choice, interesting choice. I will say that the first couple times I listened to this album, I did not realize that it was not even forty minutes long. It always felt a little longer to me, and that when I did actually get around to like seeing how long this record was, I was like, "A word, <laughs> a word, a word," because uh, it always felt a little bit longer to me, especially in the back half. Jenny, what'd you think of uh, Visual Snow? It definitely felt like a very fitting outro. I felt it fit in with the record perfectly well. I agree it felt a little longer than 40 minutes each listen. But, you know, what are you going to do? All of our episodes are an hour and a half, like, minimum. So I won't throw a stone in in this glass house. If, you know. mm -hmm. No, 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 please, Matt. Yeah, this one felt probably the most tonesy to me. A little, little deft tonesy to me. Ooh, you know what this song would be great for? Late night swim. Just a late night swim. Checking this one out. Come on, it's dark. Heated pool. Wild things. Fucking wild things. Wild. Man. This is yeah, sex scene for wild <laughs> things happening next to you while you're trying to get some laps in. <laughs> of course, Matt. You're trying to get some laps in at eleven o'clock at night. While the wild sex scene is happening in the same pool. That's correct. Or or the showgirl sex scene is happening next to me. Uh, (laughs) The showgirl sex scene is happening next to you. You got to leave the pool immediately. Look, Look, man. Once iconic 90s sex scene. Pool sex scene. Yeah. When are we going to learn that pools are terrible lubricants? Just the worst. As As long as people keep perpetuating the idea that pool sex is a good idea people will continue to try to have it and they're going to watch movies like wild things and showgirls and think this seems to be going great mm. <laughs> so it's all it's only going to be teens yeah teens early 20s you're trying it later than that mm-hmm. you're trying it later than that you're getting out of the pool and going inside. Yeah, exactly you're what like, the fuck are we, are we doing what are we doing here um I, although it is funny to me that anyone would watch the showgirl sex scene and think, I got to try that. I got to try that. I got to have my try that. dick ripped off. <laughs> it's funny to, to hear about that scene and then to actually see it and go, this was undersold. Um, truly is something. Quite a film, showgirls. What a film. Ah, oh, man. Verhoeven's uh, little- finest? Well, Verhoeven's finest is probably. Robocop. Robocop. Showgirls. Yeah. Shogo cop, Shogo troopers. Well, no, Jenny, your favorite would be Starship Troopers. That's your favorite. Well, Total yeah. Recall. Total Recall is probably my favorite, but I love Starship Troopers. Me too. Death from above. You guys ever seen Black Book? No, no. Ooh, you gotta check that out. Two thousand five, two thousand six. Verhoeven, real good. And then. He's got a sexy nun movie coming out, Benedetta, any day now. I can't wait. Cannot wait. 
listen, the man the man doesn't miss. I mean, I take that back. Hollow Man, not great. But just about everything else. Basic instinct, I, 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 ridiculous, but it captured ridiculous. America's heart. It's, it's true. By, it's it's there was a time. It's the, yeah. the Joe Esterhaas Verhoeven team is mm-hmm. truly something. He was like the yeah. he was like the producer on that, wasn't he? On basic basic instinct. Well, no, Verhoeven directed that. That's what I thought. Okay, but Esther House yeah. wrote it. Esther House wrote it. Okay, yeah. yes, because it was the it was the run of they did, yeah, they did Basic Instinct and they did Showgirls, and then Esther House got a couple. Didn't Esther House write Jade? Yes, I saw Which Jade is, in the theater. Oh, Matt, I wish I'd seen Jade in the theater. Uh, <laughs> I watched it at home with Ronan when he was like one years old, and I was like, "This is not a movie for children." No, okay, it is not. He doesn't, he doesn't know what's going on in this thing. Um, man, well, little Verhoeven side pod right now. Yeah, oh, and boy. now that takes us naturally right into cannon talk. Talk about the cannon. Uh, well, I'll start this off. I'll say this album is all right, but I can't uh, I can't help but feel a little bit like a come down after Strangers Only, and at times it feels overly restrained, and it feels like they were really wanting to do a new sound and but often it feels more like homage and pastiche and doesn't always sound like this band um and it doesn't take you to the next level but then once again maybe that's not what they wanted to do maybe they weren't looking like we don't want to make a world beater we just want to make the record we want to make i mean it sounds to me by all accounts they were happy with how this turned out this is what they wanted as a a ride or die strangers only person though it's it's a bit of a letdown for me more importantly for this show it is not new metal basically at all um so i don't have anything for the canon jenny i also don't have anything for the canon uh i don't think it's new really anywhere um but i don't think it wanted to be and i think that's just fine i liked it I would be really curious to see what would happen if if my ticket home put out another record. I'd really like to hear it because I like all of the different flavors of what they do. But this one felt a little bit like getting lost in a genre you wish you had been around for and less like taking those influence and making them your own thing. But that said, I'll listen to it again. Perfectly serviceable, fine record, but nothing for the canon. Matt? Yeah, kind of the same. Uh, I feel like, um, again, just get those blue lights in your heated pool turned on. And then let me go for a night swim while this is playing in the background and I'm a happy camper. But nothing for the canon. It certainly is not new metal. All right. Well, there you have it. That is uh, my ticket home. Unreal. Nothing for the canon, but the boys are trying something different. And certainly, if you've got another record ready to go, get that bad boy out for the people. Now is the time. Um, I'm not just saying that because I'm greedy, but also I'm greedy. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Keep on saying hello to us online. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Roach Coach on all those. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Of course, you can head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash roachcoachpodcast. Uh, become a patron. Uh, our Patreon patrons got to vote on what album we are doing in two weeks. They chose Linkin Park's Minutes to Midnight. 
So we will be listening to that and talking all about that record. So until next time, Jenny, thank you. Lauren, thank you. Matt, Matt. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.